Acts 15, probably the most overused passage to help you misunderstand your Bible if you haven't studied the Old Testament. So that's what we're going to get into today in the Step Up to the Microphone podcast. So, let's get into this Acts 15 business. It is the Jerusalem Council, and the church loves to use it for teaching lawlessness. I mean, if you don't haven't read your Bible, the front of it at least, and you went straight to the Old Testament, you would definitely see it's easy to be lawless without studying the Old Testament. You do whatever the heck you wanted. You won't see all the things in Jeremiah where they're telling you not to do Easter and Christmas and all these other pagan festivals. You won't see any of it. So, this is where they say you don't have to do Saturday Sabbath or anything in Torah. That you can just do whatever you want because Jesus loves you. People, that's the biggest lie in the universe. Our Father sent His Son here to put us back on the path. Salvation is a free gift, but like with any gift, it only lasts if you take care of it. So we're going to get into Acts 15, and we're going to read the passage, we're going to go over it, and we're going to see what is really being said. We're going to read out of the TS 2009 version, but I did pull verses out of the Sefer to point to. Because I've got verses from the Old Testament and New Testament that point to what they're talking about. Right here in Acts 15. It's easy to see. If you have eyes to see and ears to hear. So that's the question. Do you have eyes to see and ears to hear? Or are you spiritually blind? Now in this chapter, this is where Paul and Barnabas come back to Jerusalem, to the council. They have a big ruckus over circumcision. Okay, that's how it starts out. Peter has words to say, James has words to say, and they come up with the letter they send out to the Gentiles. And there's verse 21 is misunderstood because there's racism and anti Semitism in the church. I said it racism and anti Semitism in your church. That's why they don't want you doing the feast. That's why they don't want you to do anything in the Old Testament. They say that's for the Jews. You're not a Jew. Well, you're an Israelite. Your belief in Christ makes you an Israelite. So let's get into this study. We're going to read part of the passages so that we can get context. We'll start in verse 1. And certain men came down from Yehuda, that'd be Judah, and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the practice of Moses, you are unable to be saved. So when Saul... Shaul, or Paul, and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them. They arranged for Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them to go up to Jerusalem to the emissaries and elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the assembly, they passed through Phoenicia and Shemaron, relating the conversion of the nations. And they were causing great joy to all the brothers. And having arrived in Jerusalem, they were received by the assembly and the emissaries and the elders. They reported all that Elohim, that'd be God, had done with them. And some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees rose up, saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the Torah of Moses. Okay, we're going to stop there. 
Because it's talking about the men of Judah teaching that you must be circumcised first to be saved. I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is true and false at the same time. Please follow my logic. There are two types of circumcision in the Torah. One is of the flesh, the other of the heart or spirit. You can see Deuteronomy 10.16 where the Israelites were instructed to circumcise the foreskin of their hearts and quit being stubborn and also Deuteronomy 36 where God promises, y'all promises, to circumcise our hearts himself which is a prophecy of the new covenant. This is the circumcision that must first take place. Let's use human logic here. If I walk in and say, hey, if you want to be saved, I have to lop off some of your flesh from your male parts. To do it, you would tell me to go to hell. The first circumcision that is supposed to take place is the circumcision of the heart. Or in better terms, the submission of your mind and soul to the will of the Almighty. Basically, you're allowing the want to heart, not the I'm not gonna heart, to work. That's it. So... In a way, they were right. They had to have the circumcision of Moses, but the one from Deuteronomy, not the one that was enacted in the covenant of Abraham. So I'm going to read Deuteronomy 10.16 out of the Sefer version. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. Right there, it's right there. And I, I'm going to tell you, if you don't believe what I'm saying, pull up the verses yourself. You are supposed to be testing me, making sure that what I'm saying is of the Spirit and is the truth. And here's the one that pertains to the New Covenant in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 36, 30, verse 6. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and that thou mayest live. And that was pulled out of the King James Version. I don't know why I did it from there. But, you know, for all you King James lovers, there you go. It says that in the New Covenant, he will. And that's something right there. The New Covenant is being told to us in Deuteronomy chapter 30. I mean, it, it's a repeat from the front of the Bible to the back of the Bible. But we see Paul and Barnabas stir stuff up about this. And therefore, the Jerusalem Council was convened. They met up with the Pharisees that had to come into belief and the apostles. In this, in this meeting, when things were getting hot and heavy, Peter stood up and told of his dream and gave the interpretation of it from Acts 10, stating no man was unclean. Peter is also called Kepha. And I will read the verse from Acts 10.28, where he tells, and it says, And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is un, an unlawful thing for a man that is a Yehudi, a Jew, to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But Elohim has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. That came from his dream, the one where Christianity says it's okay to have a ham sandwich now. That's not what the dream was about. It was about him stopping the doctrines of man. Stop participating in the doctrines of man. But if you want more proof of this, Acts 10, 34 through 35, then Kepha, that'd be Peter, 
opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that Elohim is no respecter of persons. In other words, he doesn't care if you're Jew, Gentile, Israelite. He doesn't care. But in every nation that he f that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. Works righteousness. That'd be the works of the Torah, if you're not familiar with that. But we'll get into that at a later date. See, now we see Peter again in Acts 15 gives the same interpretation of the same dream. And... It's just, I don't see how y'all can't see this. It is point blank in your face. Verses 7 through 11. And when there had been much dispute, Kepha, that be Peter, rose up and said to them, Men, brothers, you know that a good while ago Elohim chose among us that by my mouth the nation should hear the word of the good news and believe. And Elohim, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the set-apart spirit as also to us and made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by belief. Now then, why do you try Elohim by putting a yoke on the neck of the taught ones, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But through the favor of the Master, Yeshua Messiah, we trust to be saved in the same way as they. He was telling them to quit doing their oral traditions. So when they wanted them to get circumcised, they wanted them to every single bit of oral tradition as well every bit all the evil stuff all the good stuff every bit of it no if if it says that you're not supposed to work on the sabbath that means don't go to your day job it doesn't mean sit at home con constipate yourself because you're afraid that pooping might be sinning no that means use a little common sense cook your meal it's a feast day it's okay to eat. It's supposed to be a feast unto Yahuwah. And act like you would on a day off praising God. That's what he was being told to do. Hey, look, just do it the way Master Yeshua did, Master Yahusha. Because what do we see him do? He healed on the Sabbath. What else did he do? Oh, yeah. They plucked grain on the Sabbath. That's not work. How was that profiting them? They were eating. That's not profit. They had to eat something, right? They weren't making money off of it. But it was, he was speaking of the oral traditions the Pharisees were trying to force on the converts. Or shall we say green card applicants. The green card applicants. We see in Genesis that Abraham believed upon Yah before getting circumcised. And that is where Peter was going with this speech. Abraham was 90 years old before making the covenant of circumcision with Yah. But his belief had started much earlier in his life. But through his belief, he obeyed what he was commanded to do. He is our pattern. Through our belief, we should do more and more of what our Father asked us to do. Now, Genesis 12, 1-3. Now, Yahuwah had said unto El Avram, Get out get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed Genesis 17 1 and when Avram was 90 years old 
was 90, old, 90 years old and nine, Yahuwah appeared to El Avram and said unto him, I am El Shaddai, walk before me and be perfect. So he's 90 years old. Genesis 17, 7 through 8, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be Elohim unto you and to your seed after you. And I will give you give unto you and your seed after you the land wherein you are a stranger all the land of canaan for an everlasting possession and i will be their elohim we see abraham obey therefore the covenant continue with isaac and mainstream christianity will not pull this verse up they do not want you to know it but here it is genesis 26 5 and it says god speak elohim god speaking to Isaac, and I will make your seed multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto your seed all these countries, and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice, and did guard my watch, my commandments, my statutes, and my Torah. Wait, I thought Moses was the one that, you mean Abraham had the Torah? Yes, Abraham had the Torah. Adam and Eve had the Torah. So this lie that the, the church also likes to tell us, that they didn't have the Torah then, he was just doing what God was telling him. No, he knew the Torah. Now Peter's words silenced them and gave Paul and Barnabas the time needed to t give testimony of the miracles and wonders that happened on their journey and open up for James to make his famous declar declaration, first quoting Amos 9, 11-12. So we're going to start in verse 12. And all the crowd was silent. And we're listening to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders Elohim did among the nations through them. And after they were silent, Jacob, that would be James, answered saying, Men, brothers, listen to me. Shimon has declared how Elohim first visited the nations to take out of them a people for his name. And the words of the prophets agree with this, as it has been written. After this I shall return and rebuild the booth of David which has fallen down, and I shall re rebuild its ruins, and I shall set it up, so that the remnant of mankind shall seek Yahuwah. Even all the nations on whom my name has been called, says Yahuwah, who is doing all this, whom has made this known from of old. Therefore I judge that we should not trouble those from among the nations who are turning to Elohim, but that we write to them to abstain from defilements of idols, and from whoring, and from what is strangled, and from blood. For from ancient generations Moses has in every city those proclaiming him being read in the congregations every Sabbath. Your version might say synagogue. Just give me a heads up. They're synonymous. They're, they basically mean the same thing. It isn't a building. It's the synagogue. It's a, the congregation. So, in James' declaration, he stated Torah commands to start the new converts off in the right direction. Every command he gave was written throughout the first five books of your Bible. Look up these verses if you want to prove it. Exodus 20 verse 4, Deuteronomy 16 21 through 17 1, Deuteronomy 7, 23 17 through 18, and Leviticus 17 10 through 16. Now verse 21 is where the racism of Christianity is evident that's the place where they scream, Jews! Jews! That's the first thing that pops out of everyone's mouth. 
had this problem a few weeks ago with family members whenever I brought the verse up. We see the word synagogue in, in our English translations without looking at history and understanding what was going on. We scream Jewish, Jewish, Jewish. Instead of thinking of the reasoning James had therefore declaring James an apostle to the Jews only. We scream Jew, Jew, Jew. He's only, he only wants to make them Jewish. That's the thought process. But his thought process was this. Listen, we have to learn what he's getting at. And what we've learned from the context, from the beginning of the chapter, we must understand that the new Gentile converts could not walk into a local Barnes & Noble, a Walmart, or anything and go pick up a Bible. Just couldn't, couldn't do it. They didn't have a copy of the Torah lying around, a copy of the Old Testament lying around. There was no New Testament written yet. So they had to go somewhere to learn the law of God. Now, normally the only place they could hear Yah's law, a.k.a. the Torah, the instructions, would have been to go to the local congregation, a.k.a. the synagogue, where it is read every Sabbath slash Saturday in small portions. Now, saying this, we must remember that our Messiah, what our Messiah said about those who read from the seat of Moses in the book of Matthew. And here's the verses right here. Matthew 23, 1 through 8. Then spoke Yahusha to the multitude and to his Talmudim, that's his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees, the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, and therefore whatever he bids you, guard, that diligently guard and do. So whatever they say, do. But do not ye after their reforms and traditions. For they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay, lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers, but all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries, their tassels, and enlarge the zitzit of their garments, and love the uppermost rooms at feast, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your Rabbi, even Mashiach. And all ye are brethren. We were warned, point blank, that they're going to be teaching the Torah, but don't walk as they walked. From our Messiah. I mean, this goes for us today. We need to quit listening to the doctrines of man and look at what the Word says. I mean it. He became flesh and died for you. We need to walk out our faith instead of doctrines and teachings of man. We see in verses 22 through 35 that what Peter and James had said was good in the eyes of these men, and they sent Paul and Barnabas back. They sent them in, with, a, with a letter saying, point blank, abstain from these things and go to the local Saturday congregation, a.k.a. the synagogue in your local area, to learn the path of righteousness. You see, when we aren't letting the set-apart Holy Spirit open our eyes, and we are letting what we've been taught our entire lives control our thought processes then we will never change and open up our hearts for the true circumcision of the heart to happen. We let the stone build up and blind us, leading us on a dark path shrouded with false light. Messiah told us he is the path. He is the walking, talking Torah. We were pointed to it directly over and over again. We started When we start walking in his ways with a circumcised heart, then all the physical requirements of the law become easy. We want to do them. And the curse of it being death, or more accurately, the second death, is wiped away by the blood of Messiah. 
Will we mess up and let anger take over and give into our worldly lust from time to time? Yes, but don't wallow in them. Let the spirit guide your walk and let the lust of the flesh become a thing of the past. Now go dust off your Bible, read it, study it, learn it.